This is Megan Chapa, the host of the Travel Agent Interview. I am privileged today to have Kirsten Cable of the Creative Language Learning Podcast and Fluent Language Learning Blog as a guest today. Welcome, Kirsten. Hey, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the podcast today because you help people be excited for and learn languages. And languages tie in great to this podcast because we have a very travel heavy focus and our guests travel to lots of different countries with lots of different languages. So would you introduce yourself and a little bit about your podcast and blog? Yes, of course. I am originally from Germany and um, in Germany I was already really into languages. So I started learning my first language when I was 10, which was English, and then added, you know, through my school system, added French, Italian, and Latin. And I was still really into it, even after Latin. <laughs> um, and then trained as a European secretary, went sort of kept languages in my education system. And a few years ago, I decided to, to start tutoring in German. And alongside the tutoring, I set up this blog, fluentlanguage.co.uk, just to share some articles about how I view language learning and how I think after after so many years of living in an English-speaking country and people just, I, I kept encountering people who have all these ideas and limits and misconceptions often in their minds about language learning. And I just wanted to set the record straight. Yeah. Um, that's how that's how the blog started. And it's it's grown since then. And today we have about 20,000 readers a month. And I started the podcast as well, because I love talking. I love having interesting conversations with people and sharing. It gives us it gives you this extra this extra dimension to sharing your passion and it comes across in your voice in a way that in your written word, it just, it just can't. So I love running this podcast. It's called the creative language learning podcast because I think there are many creative ways of going about it. And we are now better placed than ever to learn a language in a way that is joyful, sustainable and keeps us accountable, but also really motivated. So that is really what fluentlanguage.co.uk is all about. And I've got a few courses on there and, you know, sort of different things that help you discover language learning in your own way. And it's funny, the the students I used to get when I when I did more online tutoring were just like you say, they were people who were inspired by travel. Traveling is one of the biggest reasons to learn a foreign language. And it's often the way people's hearts and minds open to languages. Yeah, I, well, I took, don't say anything to me in German because I won't get it right. But I took six <laughs> years of German through middle school and high school. And then we lived in Germany for about four months. And um, I did a lot of studying before we went um, and then when we got there, by the time we left, I could like I could understand what everyone was saying around me pretty well. But then getting it, the words out or not, that's really tricky, like understanding it in your head and then trying to form sentences for me is really hard. And mm -hmm. then when we came back, I just didn't have anyone to practice with. And my husband <laughs> is so, you know, when my my husband's a fantastic worker, if you ever have the privilege to have my husband work for you, like you're going to get a great product and that's because he's so focused. But that also means like, you know, time to practice German with his wife is not one of those things. Add two kids, 
and things get a little crazy. But um, your podcast has been inspiring to me and my daughter's taking French. So we're going to try to be a little better about that. But since I mentioned my kids, you have a neat thing on your podcast or on, yeah, on your uh, well podcast page, blog page, and it is the Cool Kids Language Club. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, the Cool Kids Club is essentially a, a library of free resources, sort of learning guides, worksheets, and things that I put together in addition to different blog articles. It's something that you sign up for. You see, you sign up for my newsletter, and the first email that you get is the password and the web address to the secret Cool Kids Club. Secret. And, <laughs> and in there, you'll find a lot of different resources. So it goes from um, a, I've got a little starter kit for people who want to learn Welsh, which is the language I've been learning for the last two, two and a bit years. I've got some lists of the best Spanish resources. I've got this big little ebook that's a guide to language learning resources. I've got a mini starter guide for German. So perhaps that's something for you. You can download. Yes. Uh, it's got a few sort of sentences and things like that. Um, and then also you'll be on my newsletter. So you kind of get usually I send a weekly email just sharing what's new on the blog, what's new on the podcast. And it tends to be that every week there's something new there to be to be discovered. That's exciting. Uh, we'll put links to that in the show notes for sure. Cool. Yeah. So um, for our guests, we have people that, you know, they plan a lot. It's being more and more popular to plan your vacations out a year in advance because um, the, with technology getting better and better, if you want to, to get into some of these exclusive places or places that have high demand, you really have to do that. And, and because people are thinking that far out, some of them really have a lot of time. I shouldn't say a lot of time, but a year to get some basics under their belt. Uh, so would you, would you tell us maybe a plan for someone that has a year to study and, and what um, a good course of action would be for them to get started in that process? Oh, yes, of course. It's, it, I really recognize, I mean, I'm lucky as a European and when I worked, I worked in higher education. Mm -hmm. So I've always been used to having 25 to 30 days of annual leave. Yes. And I was shocked and appalled and I cannot get my head around how Americans only sadly have access to what seven eight days of annual leave sometimes yeah when you first start off and oh, then you man. eventually get two weeks and then but you could get up you can get up to eight weeks it just you you got to earn it eight weeks sounds good yeah because yeah. that's crazy town otherwise so <laughs> I really I really feel for you guys and I and I in that sense I really appreciate as well that People do want to make the most of their trip and language makes a big difference there. So if you have a year out to plan your language learning, there are several courses of actions you can take. And how I advise people to learn is, I mean, I focus on the lifelong learner in a year. You can set up a habit that will keep you going for a lifetime and eventually lead you to fluency and all those things that many people dream of. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no doubt whether you should set yourself the goal of being absolutely proficient in your language in one year. That is that is up to you. It's possible to get you to a very high competent level. But my personal opinion is that. For somebody who's busy, who perhaps has a job, has kids and has other things to focus on, those kinds of goals, they, they lead to more disappointment than anything else. Yes. So at first, I would advise you to think about 
to, to build what I call a vision goal. And the idea of that vision goal is really to think about what's inspiring you to learn your language. Where are you at right now? Perhaps you want to travel around. We were talking about wine cruises in Germany, right? So perhaps yes. you want to take a wine cruise in Germany and you're thinking, well, I've got some high school German. Is there something there worth revisiting? Or I'm completely new to this. I've got no clue. I don't even know what verbs are. Yes. And German is very grammar heavy, so that might be somewhere to look at. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, is. So, so look at where you are now. And wherever you are is fine. You know, you don't have to have any knowledge beforehand. God, you've got a year, it's so much time. And then think about where you want to be, what your, what your goal is, where do you see yourself using this language and think about what kind of conversations you would like to be able to have. So if you're going on a wine cruise, there's a lot of specialized vocab. So you're, you're whipping out your Michelle Thomas. That's going to get you somewhat far, but you're always going to be, if that's all you use as your resource, you're always going to have a lack, right? Sure. Because you, you're going to want specialist vocab. You're going to want to talk about wine. And in that sense, you're already thinking, you're already thinking along the right lines. You're thinking, what do I need? For this and set yourself, you know, like build yourself a little image of yourself successful using that language and then think, okay, what, what am I going to need to get there? And as you then go get into the nitty gritty and really go, okay, then you want to break it down and think perhaps 30 days ahead. And go, okay, well, how much time have I got? What's coming up? You know, we're, we're recording this in Thanksgiving week in America. So that's a, it's a great example. If you're thinking ahead to the next four weeks, you've got a bunch of events probably yes. coming up. Yeah. And, and that's something to take into account and then think, okay, well, how much time can I spare? When can I do this? What are my resources going to be? And I like to work with something I call core skills. So you want to think about how am I going to, get a little bit further in my reading, my writing, my speaking, and my listening. Those are your four core skills. And as long as you train those, you are getting somewhere. So as a complete beginner who might be going on a wine cruise, you can work with phrase books. But if you've got a whole year, I would challenge you to not just learn phrase book sentences, but really start looking at how does this language work how are how are sentences built how are they put together what are the building blocks mm -hmm. and discovering those building blocks is how you discover a language yeah because you it's it's not possible in my mind to learn a language in a competent functioning way if all you have is if all you have is phrases that you are giving but you haven't got the you're not given an, an analyzing capacity yeah and you don't have to pay a lot of money for this there are there are lots of courses i mean if you happen to learn german please come to my website because i've got some german courses um but, <laughs> we'll <laughs> but, put it yeah, out you, there you can you can start with something as simple as duolingo and you know that that comes with grammar explanations now think about the style in which you want to learn and track what you're doing try and have contact with the language every single day every single day and it doesn't have to be much it can be just five minutes on an app and then another day you might be sitting down with a textbook that's certainly how it's been working for me and follow a guiding resource and make sure you have a lot of input so I've given a lot of tips there, but, you know, a year is, is a lot of time and really just, you know, don't set yourself the goal of being finished. That's one of my, my top tips for any level because you're not going to be finished. No one's ever finished with language learning. Yeah, I think that's a, a good 
a good point because I guess I am disappointed that I didn't finish in six years, but I, I think that me and the teacher have more of a personality conflict mm-hmm. than anything else. But, um, yeah. and now you're in charge. Now you're in control. That's right. I've got the microphone. Anyway, um, what about if someone had uh, six months or less than six months? It, it, phrases might be good if you don't have that much time. What phrases do you, might be good, yeah. What do you recommend as a resource? Get with the phrase book and get yourself a tutor. Mm-hmm. And try it, still try to at least build sentences to, to a certain extent. You know, try, try and build a few sentences about yourself. Get yourself more than a phrase book and at least try and put together some introductions. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to use them though and focus more on the functional sentences and still bear in mind, do you need any specialist vocab? What kind of stuff will you be looking for? And then get yourself a tutor to practice with. Um, especially if you are, uh, US based, let's say, and you're, you're traveling to Europe or you're traveling to the Far East or somewhere, you can either find somebody locally or there's, um, there are great websites where you can get tutors. There's either Facebook groups or there's a website called italki, which is, is my favorite. And I can That's give you a link to that ask you for. your yeah. show notes. Okay, great. Yeah, that's how, that's where I started out as well. But you know, if you if you keep your eyes open, you'll find you'll find a good tutor, and that's certainly I know from experience that that style of working it's it works for me and it works for somebody else because what you need to do, especially when you've got less time, you've got you've got less time to feel more confident. Mm-hmm. You need to throw yourself in quicker. But make sure. sure you throw yourself in in an environment where you feel safe. You don't feel like I'm making mistakes and this is a reason to stop. You need to be always in a mindset where I am making mistakes is a good thing. Okay. Now, what do you? What's your opinion of something like Rosetta Stone? Rosetta Stone. I have. I tried a version of Rosetta Stone once, and yes. I wrote a review in it. It was called Tell Me More, but I believe that is not the actual Rosetta Stone that is usually being sold. Okay. It's very US-focused. So here in Europe, we can get it, but it's not marketed in the same way, so we don't really buy it as much. Okay. I've had a student who's used it. I think it's a good place to start, and the, I'm I'm not even necessarily opposed to spending $500 on something that will teach you a language. Although I think that money is better spent with a tutor or a, a more focused online course. Yeah. The downside of Rosetta Stone, perhaps the downside of anything that doesn't have you with a person is that it doesn't have you with a person. So you are somewhat still removed from that real life situation where you've actually got to produce. Um, but I'm not a lot of language bloggers in, in my area really have got like the big hate on for Rosetta Stone. Whereas I feel like, well, if it gets you started, fine, but don't ever assume it's, it's all you need. And in that context, you, you could, I guess, spend, spend your money elsewhere. However, Mm -hmm. If $500 means you're paying attention to it, and if that motivates you in the same way that a gym membership that is really expensive motivates you, then by all means throw money at it because it might make you do the thing. Ultimately, it doesn't matter if you do Rosetta Stone or you do Michelle Thomas or you take one of the very excellent fluent language courses or whatever you do. 
it doesn't matter as long as you do it. The only way you'll fail at language learning is if you stop language learning. That's a good point. I will take that to heart. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have to do much. You don't have to, you know, don't assume you have to spend four hours a day, especially not if you've got a year or six months. Yeah. There's no one's assessing you. You're not in school anymore. And, you know, now you have the freedom to do this your way. Yeah. And I think that encouraging people to be in front of a person is encouraging to because I don't know. I remember the conversations I have with people. I remember the interactions I have with people more than all the times I've spent surfing the web or trying to read something on the web. And if it's not entirely catching my attention, that's just way too easy to doze off or get onto Facebook or something like that. So, and, and it's a dedicated time. Like if you say, okay, I'm going to have this appointment for a half hour with a tutor, like that's everything else is being set aside then to focus particularly and specifically on learning the language. Um, yeah. And, and because you get the back and forth then, as opposed to it's just one sided. I mean, with the Rosetta Stone, you do have, you know, you have a headset at a certain language like level and you do these, I think it's 15 or half hour sessions with a, a native speaker, but, um, it's through the, I don't know. It's just not the same. I think. I think it would be great to have access to a community or something like that. Um, It is. It is. And also never underestimate the power that your local community might have. I had a Welsh learners meetup and Welsh is not a language, you know, widely learned anywhere, really. Yeah. But I live in I live in the east of England, you know, really quite far away from the Welsh border um, and happened to meet somebody from the Welsh Learners Forum and we said, oh, you know, let's make it a big meetup, you know, let's let's promote this. Um, and we put it on Facebook three times, put one poster up and four people came, you know, so there's, there's Welsh learners here and I would have never thought. So you never know who, you know, who's also trying. So do, you know, do go public is a, is a great tip. That's a good idea. And meetup.com, I'm sure that there might be place things on there. Um, but uh, let me ask you this question. Uh, more than even just the language, a lot of, or I should say more than the vocab and the sentence structure, there's also some languages have uh, eye contact, other these like outside of the language type things, or even like voice inflection or mm-hmm. the distance from which you talk to someone. And when you go to some of these countries, it's, I think it's important to be prepared to either have some close talking or to not, you know, use the inflection. Because even if you're speaking in English, if you're using inflection wrong, it could send a message, right? Yeah. And the other way around, um, I think it's, it's important to be culturally aware as well in the sense that you might find uh, perhaps somebody from East Asia will ask you about your family situation way before you're more comfortable actually talking to them about it. Yes. Um, you know, like different countries have got different privacy bubble sizes. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's something that we assume is universal, but really isn't. You, you will find that German people, um, much more likely to tell you what you're doing wrong, no matter what you're doing wrong. Um, and it's not that, they take pleasure in correcting a person or, you know, like humiliating a person. It's, I think it's uh, an appreciation for things being correct. 
<laughs> you know, and a certain, a certain feeling that, you know, like, no, this has to be right. You know, I have to tell you this person what they're not doing right. But it, I have often found that British friends have taken this as a, as a big affront when yes. they don't know. So before <laughs> we even talk in, in different languages, we're already, you know, we're already misunderstanding each other. It's so true. And you yeah. are right about the Germans. I, I, my Nana Rock, she, yeah, she threw some things. Uh, to my parents about the way, you know, the kids were behaving or whatnot. And then, well, we were also in Germany. We'd be, you know, the baby needs the hat on. The baby needs the hat off. Like, you know, I don't know. I'm just, there's no parenting book. We're just going with it. But they were happy. The the grandmas were help, happy to step in and tell us how to do it. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Germans love telling people how to do stuff. Yeah, and you're not going to tell the grandmas otherwise. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to tell them otherwise. You just let them go and, you know, we'll leave friends. It's good. So, <laughs> And sometimes it can even re- make you relate differently to the language. So something I experienced this year that I would have never thought would happen is I got excited to be learning French. Now, I am reasonably fluent in French. I've got a French degree. I've always studied French because mm-hmm. I've always felt like, well, I've already done all this work. I'm not going to give up now. I'm just going to keep going. Sure. Um, my French is sort of functional now. I haven't spoken it in a while. But I, I never really got excited about French in a way I got excited about English. And then this year I went to Montreal. Montreal. Mm-hmm. And the the probably because of the American and British influence, um, I found Canadian French speakers to be just a little bit more chilled out, a little yes. bit less formal. France French is very formal. Yes. And I just felt so much more at ease with people because I'm not a formal person. And and it just, it, it made me more excited to speak French than I'd ever been before. It made me feel more comfortable speaking French than I'd ever felt before in my life. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about because when I've been to France, um, the advice I was given was, um, you don't have to necessarily know French, but you should at least introduce yourself in French and then be able to explain to them that you don't know that much and ask for their assistance. Um, mm-hmm. at which point, you know, you get a couple corrections, but they would be, you know, once you've tried, they'll, they'll be happy to engage with you in English or else maybe they just give up and realize that I'm hopeless. But, um, I, I would say that because I've been, to, to that area of Canada and it is pretty laid back. But then when you're in France, it's, it's intimidating. I think a little bit, you have to have a little bit of a thicker skin or be pretty confident Mm. to try there. There's a, there's a great French sentence. I used to, I used to teach people, um, sort of as a joke, which was, um, Moi, je parle français très bien. So, yeah, I speak French really well. Mais mon ami ici, uh, vous comprenez. My friend here, you understand. Uh, elle ne peut pas parler français. Pourriez-vous nous aider? You know, she, she can't speak French. Can you help us? So you make yourself look really good. <laughs> <laughs> you say, oh, yeah, I speak really great French. But, you know, numpty over here. Please help me with it. <laughs> That's right. Blame it on them. That's right. <laughs> But I mean, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? And this, this feeling of, of lack or feeling inadequate, um, if you, if you can't speak the language of a country, that is, that is something that everybody feels. Um, but it can be, if people are more confidently asserting their language in a way that people feel that the French do, I don't know. My personal experience has always been colored because I, I can speak French, mm-hmm. you know, so I didn't really have that issue as much. I always wanted to speak French to them. Um, 
also I don't default then back to English necessarily. I default back to German. Right. Um, and then there's something they can't speak. So ha. <laughs> we did have that experience in a uh, ice cream parlor where we were in France. And they were trying to tell us the flavors in, in French. And my husband just, he doesn't know any French, but he was learning German at the time. And, oh. and it was actually a native German speaker trying to tell us in French what the, what the flavors were. And I realized that they spoke German. And so then I'm trying to speak German to get the flavors across and then tell my husband. And it was very funny. We had all three languages going and eventually we figured out cherry and chocolate. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and it, those kind of experiences. It's funny, isn't it? Because not only do the experiences stay in your mind, but also the vocab usually does. Yes. Yeah. Just getting back to what I was trying to say before is that, yeah, the experience with other people really, I think, helps build the language quicker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's the end of my formal questions for you. Do you have any other tips or tricks or encouragement to give to people? Uh, the, the encouragement, most certainly. That's that's the the business I'm in, and and that's what I love to do. I am so. I just want to tell your listeners because I have experienced people, you know, contacting me as a German tutor. Um, and my one of my longest standing students was when he first contacted me. Said, "Well, I'm. I've just been to Germany. I went to see the um the the passion." Yes. You know, there's, there's this famous passion thing in, in Bavaria. Yes. And went to Rotenburg of the Taube, you know, this sort of super cute German village and kind of thing and felt just really passionate about German. Said, Oh, I want to learn some more. Um, and this was somebody who's, who's, I think motivation and passion was also inspired because he felt like this is hard, but I'm a successful lawyer and I've always been really good at learning stuff. So what, where is this gap? Like I want to, I feel a personal challenge to my intellect. Yes. And I often find that particularly travelers really connect with that, really connect with that. And it is one of, you know, it's one of the most rewarding things to teach when somebody's really into it. Um, and you know, and somebody wants to challenge themselves and it's also one of the most wonderful experiences and language learning doesn't just change your life. It changes you. It changes how you see yourself. Um, and this person sent me a text yesterday and said, Hey, I've recently been much more interested in Spanish because we now have Mexican neighbors. Oh, <laughs> and a lot great. of people would react to having Mexican neighbors very differently. I think in the States or where? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it depends where you are in the States, but yeah, yeah there's some stereotypes. And the first thought is the excitement that I get to practice Spanish. It's yeah, just amazing. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That openness is, is so, so great. And you, you open up the world in a way to yourself that you, you just can't get otherwise. And we often feel, you know, travel in particular, we travel because we feel this desire to connect authentically with a different place. And with people in different places and to learn about what the human experience is on, on, I don't know, on planet earth. And language learning just gives you that extra dimension. So you're getting so much bang for your buck. It's something that you can do essentially for free that, that makes you infinitely richer. And for you young listeners out there, or for maybe you listeners that have children, Hey, let's start the language learning young and give them an edge. Maybe they go to school in Europe because now they've learned a language because French, German, Latin, Spanish are typically our languages we teach in our 
schools because of the most common people groups in the country, I think. So um, anyway, language learning, let's encourage our kids to be multilingual because it'll give them like an edge in life and in their confidence and also maybe give them a competitive edge in the job market. And for me, living here, I wish my kids knew another language because apparently the British people do not yell at their children because my daughter kept interrupting me the other day and I said, say excuse me and then wait. And I got scolded by another mother. (laughs) So I wish I had another language because maybe I could say something that sounded really cool, but was really like, child, wait your turn. (laughs) (laughs) And you're you're making a really important point, which is as a parent, I think there's there's something really cool about learning along with your child. Yeah. Yeah. We want to do that as a family. That's a goal. We have that goal of living here. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, first thing, we need a couch. We're working on that. Friday's the day. After that, French. So, in that (laughs) order. Well, thank you for being my guest. We will put all of your information in the show notes. We'll put all of your links to your website and your blog and to um, a specific episode that's good for beginner language learners. And um, I just thank you for your time. I appreciate you wanting to encourage my listeners. And... um, Until next time, this is Megan Chapa of the Travel Agent Interview thanking you for listening and asking you to subscribe and like both the Travel Agent Interview and also the Creative Language Learning Podcast. Until next time, good night. Woohoo! Bye! Bye!